Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports. And it is sports time as we are talking the divisional round in the National Football League. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce, and joining me today is Bill Needles. How the heck are you, Bill? I am fantastic, thank you. Excellent, great to have you. And rounding up the trifecta, as always, is Craig Needles. How you doing, Craig? I think this is the best football weekend of the year, so I'm excited for it. Nice. Yeah. Um, now, the spreads would this week would tell you that it's not that great but uh let's let's uh let's see what goes because i do think there are a couple of juicier matchups than the lines would be indicating um before we get into that let's a little bit of house cleaning i think we got to talk about two things and one we can kind of segue into um some of the losing teams that we want to talk about from last week uh first off it uh as of this morning it looks like antonio pierce is officially going to be the uh the head coach of the uh Las Vegas Raiders. We uh, didn't have that going on for the last uh, Raiders for the last couple times. Had some interim coaches that they've just been like, nah. Uh, but uh, this time it sticks, and I, I think I think this could end up being uh, really good for them because the uh, the the players really seem to like Antonio Pierce. I just I, I think it's I think it's a smart move, and I think well, I Matt Crosby going into Al, uh, Al Davis, uh, going to Mark Davis's office and saying, mm-hmm. if you don't make Antonio the coach i'm going to demand a trade <laughs> that might have been that, a, yeah um that probably sped up the process <laughs> <laughs> sure for sure i think it did and especially and especially when like him and uh oh god why can't i remember the big wide receiver that they uh, uh adams Devonte adams uh yeah. him just being like yeah i'm sick of losing and i like that guy and he's the only reason i also want to stay but was like <laughs> uh less in public about it right it was it was something. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a smart move, and good luck to the Raiders going forward. Uh, the other big one is, and again, this is going to segue into us talking about the teams that lost last week. Mike McCarthy's back as the uh, Dallas Cowboys head coach, you guys. And it's just, it is, like, it's one of those things where you're like, it's so the definite, it's, it's just the absolute definition of insanity. But at the same time, it makes perfect sense because, once again, uh, Jerry Jones is... Uh, lust for power and the need to be in control all the time has outweighed his actual want to uh, succeed and win win games in the postseason. And uh, you hate to see it, or it's extremely funny if you're not a Cowboys fan. I, I just – I don't get it. It's Well, I mean, I do get it because Jerry wants a yes man, and yeah, he's I, got himself a yes man. That's the – it's not even – it's not even wanting a yes man. It Like – the speculation is, and I think this theory might be sound, and I, I know it's cynical, but Jerry's thinking, if I hire Bill Belichick and we win the Super Bowl with him, everyone's going to say it was Bill and no one's going to say it was me. Uh, if, and right? I, I believe it. Like I, I, I truly believe that that would be his line of thinking because it's like, well, God, who cares, man? It's not like, and you're like, Jerry, I'm not wishing ill on you, but you're no spring chicken, man. <laughs> like, it's like there's not a lot and of cracks that, like, left. Have you considered the idea of ever winning anything without players acquired by Jimmy Johnson? Yeah, is right. That something that is crossed your mind is something you may want to do. Lot of years of of, of uh, borderline Hall of Fame quarterback play with Romo and Dak, and nary an NFC Championship game uh, to be had, and and. It, and Bill Belichick's just sitting right there. And Atlanta's got this bidding war going on right now between Harbaugh and... Because uh, uh, Harbaugh's going in for his second interview. But I, I, I think uh, I think Belichick's going to go to Atlanta. And 
Yeah. Did you see the one tweet that Nora Princiati from The Ringer had, which kind of went crazy viral this week when she, quote, tweeted the Falcons announcement they had done an interview with Bill Belichick, and she was like, can you tell us about the time your team had faced adversity and triumphed over it or something along those lines? Yeah. In the job interview? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mercy. Poor... Oh, poor Falcons fans, man. Oh, yep. They didn't really do nothing to nobody to deserve that. Um, yeah, pretty terrible. I just don't get. It. I mean, we can go. We can go right into the Cowboys. I, I, because the obviously they've been made fun of pretty bad. I just it it felt to me that they they just they they got out slow out of the gates, right? They were down, you know, twenty nothing in the blink of an eye, and then the the Dak pick six. Obviously, that 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 was. One of the worst picks, like the second one. Well, because, I mean, I guess there, there should have been a first one because there's the, the, the bad one to Jair Alexander. That should have been a pick six, but I, I can't believe they ruled him down. Because I'm like, this whole ruling down thing, when two guys are fighting for a ball and you do that roll thing, I think there at least has to be some sort of a an effort on the to, like, to t- like for the other guy to at least have to touch him to be considered down, you know? Like, it's, I don't know, like... Brandon Cooks' foot lightly grazing Jair Alexander as he as he tries to get back up. That's not a tackle. I'm sorry. That's like <laughs> you got to like that. That's got to stay as a as a defensive touchdown. Um, it turned out not to matter because the Packers scored like two plays later. Yeah, but still. exactly. Oh. But if they didn't, I I would like if I was a Packers fan and they didn't, and it was still like you know 17 nothing instead of 20 to nothing or whatever because of the missed extra point, I would have just been like. Really hope missing that four points uh, didn't come back, and, and clearly it didn't. But, like, I don't know. I have the Packers – or not, not the Packers. I have the uh, the Cowboys as the second worst performance I saw on that weekend, and that might come off as controversial. It just wasn't as um, – it wasn't as house of cards, I would say, as, as the Cowboys was. But uh, – Oh, the Eagles, I, it, feel, it felt like the Eagles just quit. Yeah. The, the, I have the Eagles. As they quit a playoff game, which is yeah. not what you want. Yeah, they were in one, two, three Cancun mode, like you wouldn't even believe. And it seemed like it, like the the Bucks were dying to give them that game at one point there, and then uh, Hurts threw uh, uh, or Hurts uh, gave up the safety or whatever, and it was just like, right. and then they they gave up another bomb run or something. It was it was unconscionably bad, but. Yeah, they, they, they were just in 1-2-3-K coup mode, which I think was a bit more shameful than the Cowboys just kind of showing up thinking all we needed to do was show up. and But, you know, I don't know. Uh, Sirianni's in some trouble. This is just really strange because the, 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 the fall that the Eagles had was some kind of was some kind of something because they were the last undefeated team. They looked good. The tush push was when unstoppable, they, right? When they beat Buffalo... I keep coming back to this game. When they beat Buffalo in that crazy rain game, it was overtime. Everybody's scoring points. They beat Buffalo in that overtime game. They go to 10-1. and one, Buffalo goes to 6-6. Six and six. Mm. Imagine telling somebody in the moments after that game, when it looks like Buffalo might be done, and the Eagles are flying high, imagine telling someone that when we get to the divisional weekend, one of these two teams is playing a home game, and it ain't the Eagles. Imagine yeah. that conversation. Oh, yeah. History's a funny thing. Yeah. History is absolutely a funny thing. Uh, we can talk about a team that lost that home field advantage in the Miami Dolphins. Who just man that that cold game. We all had the under. It was clear that the Dolphins weren't going to be able to do anything. Tyreek Hill got loose once, and then after that, I don't think they let Tua throw the ball like more than five yards downfield for the rest of the game. 
which was stunning. I usually see that with the Miami Hurricanes where whenever they try to go to cold weather games, like there was the, the pinstripe bowl against Rutgers where I was like, oh, Miami's favorite in cold weather, eh? I'm going to go ahead and bet the Rutgers money line. <laughs> and uh, I scooped a lot of money uh, doing that. But um, the Dolphins fans on Twitter who were uh, talking to me back and forth, obviously Dolphins fans, there, there's two there's Irrational Dolphins Twitter, and then there's Rational Dolphins Twitter. And Rational Dolphins Twitter was kind of in my mentions saying uh, stuff like, and, and I think I agree with them, but just the loss to Tennessee um, that they had this year was inexcusable. That And that, that was where it, it kind of Yeah, that's been happened. They're playing at home against, you know, probably the Bills, as opposed yeah. to on the road in Kansas in that, like, ice situation. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the Dolphins' defense, I think, was just too, you know, weather Bang. aside, the Dolphins' yeah. defense was too banged up to be competitive in that game. Mm-hmm. You're missing your top two pass rushers. Like, that's, against that's tough. Yeah. yeah. Against Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And, like, Mahomes didn't even, like, like Mahomes didn't even play well, right? Well, sorry, I, I <clears throat> allow me to rephrase that because he played, he played well, but it, it was still the same Kansas City we've seen all year. One touchdown on the opening drive with all the scripted plays, and then when they got into the red zone, they were abysmal in the red zone again. They kept kicking field goals with Harrison Butker. It just didn't matter because the Dolphins couldn't do anything. But that's got to come back to haunt uh, the Chiefs at some point. They're just inability to get it done in the red zone, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about whether or not that comes to fruition this week. Um, Cleveland Browns. Uh, <laughs> what do you say about the Cleveland Browns other than, oh, man, it looked like that was going to be the first quarter of that football game, I was sitting in the very chair I'm sitting in now um, watching it and thinking, oh man, this is going to be, here we are, instant shootout, right? Instant classic. It's going to be 45-48. Flacco and CJ Shroud just throwing BBs and then... The astonishing return of Jim Brown. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody was going to do a 98 yard triple reverse. You know, it was going to be like that, <laughs> that, that Chiefs, uh, that, that Andrew Luck Chiefs Colts game sort of a thing where it's just everybody slinging it all over the place. Uh, defenses every once in a while coming up for air with a big play. But no, I just all of a sudden back to back pick sixes and, and the game was over and Stroud was just, uh, just brilliant in that, in that game. And, and man, that young man is, is something else. Yeah, that was an, like he only threw like it was like 15 balls or something like he did not even have to throw and he threw for 300 yards. Yeah, like, well, I don't and think he had, a, I, he had a deep shot to Nico Collins that he just missed. Yes. If he did that one, his numbers would look even better. Yeah, he also didn't play like the entire second half because of the pick sixes. Right. And then <laughs> yep. and then I think his backup got in there a little bit at the end. Right. But because I, I had a. Uh, because I, I had an under prop in that game. It was it was Dalton Schultz under 40 and a half yards. And he dropped one target that was for about, I don't know, seven, eight yards. Like, he was wide open and just dropped it. And I was like, ha this is in the bag. Uh, <laughs> if he's going to be dropping wide open passes like that. And then all of a sudden, 37-yard touchdown for Dalton Schultz. And I was like, there's an entire half of football. Both of these guys are slinging it all over the place. That that. <laughs> That bet's dead. You know he's gonna catch a, a, a you know a pass at any point. And then the 
the Texans scored two touchdowns in the third quarter and their offense didn't even touch the field. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the offense didn't need to, the Dolphins didn't need to really go for it in the fourth quarter there because they were so far ahead. So that Dalton Schultz remained at one catch for 37 yards and a touchdown. And that under bet was smooth sailing, boys. I tell you what. So I was lucky he dropped that seven-yard pass earlier in the game because I, I think those were his only two targets. So that was, so I kind of had that one pegged, but still nearly, nearly lost it. But yeah. That's just too bad because the Cleveland Browns were a damn fun team to watch. And and I, as much as I am a, a Dan Campbell uh, guy, and what he's obviously doing is, is incredible with the Lions so far, even though we've still got a couple ways to go. But Stefanski having a, making a playoff team with five different starting quarterbacks in one year, right? That's got to be. That's gotta I think be, that's going to be it. That's got to be it. Here's, right? here's the crisis that you're in if you're a Browns fan after what just happened. They played five quarterbacks and made the playoffs defense look great. Awesome parts of the season. Of the five quarterbacks they played, which looked the best? Now, right now, you're both thinking about it. Yeah. And the fact that you're debating between dude who's 37 and they got off the couch and guy who they gave up three first-round picks for and gave a quarter-billion contract to 100% guaranteed the fact that you're thinking about it's a bad sign, even if the answer might be Deshaun Watson. You had to think about it. That's yeah. a bad sign. That's going to be a funny barroom thing for Cleveland fans, a barroom trivia for Cleveland Browns fans down the line. Where it was like, uh, if that Amari Cooper uh, receiving record, like like team receiving record holds up, it's going to be like, who was throwing them the balls that that game? You know, and you're going to be like. Oh, I, I don't know. Was that was Deshaun? That was Deshaun, right? That was back when we had to cheer for that scumbag Deshaun. And you go, no, it was the Joe Flacco again. <laughs> like the five weeks when Joe Flacco was on fire before he turned into a pumpkin in the playoff game against Texans, right? Like, oh, man. Uh, last team, I don't have much to say about the Pittsburgh Steelers other than, I like, Tomlin's going to come back, and until they find a quarterback that, you know, can actually kind of put them over the top, this is, I think this is kind of your future Steelers fans because you've got a darn good quarterback. I think that other than quarterback, everything yeah. went as bad as well as it could have for Pittsburgh this year. Yeah. Ten and seven. Yeah. So it's you know it's a problem is easily identifiable then, isn't it? Right? <laughs> like yeah. it's if they get a guy in there who can who can do some ish. Because like they had bad quarterback play too. Like we're talking about Mason Rudolph. Like I couldn't believe all the bets I I all the bets got voided in that game, right? Because it, it got moved to the Monday. So, like, all the unders that we had were based on the fact that they were going to be playing in a, in a blizzard. Uh, got voided, which sucked. And then uh, on this pod, we all were telling everybody, take the under 33 and a half. And then once that game kicked off and there it was freezing, but there was no snow on the ground, I was like, oh, these guys are going to score points. And they sure did. So that kind of sucked. So that's an all-time sort of gambling what-if uh, that I would have liked to have seen. But... Yeah, like, Rudolph didn't look too bad, but still, you don't want Rudolph going for it. Anyway, so anything else you guys want to talk about before we get into the divisional round? No, I think this round is going to be even worse, and the last round wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah, kind of. No, there was one game that anyone's going to, well, we'll remember the Cowboys getting stomped on a Sunday afternoon, just yeah, for sure. the memes and such. But there's one game that people are going to remember and one game that people are going to be like, oh, man, that was a game of the yeah. whole weekend. Yeah. Everything else was bad. Yeah. Only, well, let me yeah, tell that... you, that one game was pretty good. 
Yeah, it was it was very good. That one will show up. Uh, the Rams Lions that'll show up on like the NFL Network every once in a while when they replay like really yeah. cool playoff games. That uh, that Rams. Do you want to like you you were sitting here doom and gloom a week ago about this about that football game? Mm-hmm. The Lions won it. Do you want to discuss that at all? Sure. Well, it wasn't doom and gloom. Well, I thought we discussed it on the way, but yeah, if we want to just jump right in, we absolutely can. I like I I was doom and gloom because. Stafford coming in, like I said, I believe the word I used last week, because I did black out for a good portion of that podcast last week. I believe the word I used when I, when I listened to it back was uh, sinister. And it, it absolutely would have been, right, for like for Matt Stafford to come back in, this guy. And he had himself not just a Matthew Stafford game, but a Detroit Lions-Matthew Stafford game, getting banged up. Finger busting on guy's head, shoulder all, grab, clutching the ribs on the side after getting a, a hit after he threw the ball, when which should have been a pa- uh, roughing the passer call, but wasn't because it's Matt Stafford in Detroit. Uh, and then still just throwing BBs and, and big time, and just the toughest. There were a co- there was a couple of throws on third down. The third that, like, you know, it was like third and 15, third yeah. and 16. And there were a couple, he just zinged in there and like, oh man, like, I don't know how many guys make that throw. Like the arm still has the juice. Like it yeah. was really, yeah, really great throws. And I'm like, man, maybe the Rams are going to win today. Cause the lions, like the lions deserve to win by more than a point. They played better, but just Stafford kind of bailed the Rams out of negative situations a few times. Then they get down to the red zone and things went bad. Yeah. And that was the thing that was weird. And obviously that's been talked about ad nauseum was the, uh, the lines were three for three uh, with, touchdowns in the red zone and the uh, uh, Rams who were the best red zone team in the league and the Lions were the worst red zone team defensively in the league this year. Uh, the Lions clamped down. They did that old bend don't break and they were giving up threes instead of sixes and that ended up being the difference in the game. Um, and the Lions going for <clears throat> the Lions going for it on the fourth down to get the full seven with what uh, Sam Laporta, who, who ended up scoring the touchdown when we previously didn't think he was going to play. And he didn't do, like, much in the passing game. And I think that you're going to see him uh, going out for a few more passes this week, and that's going to open things up. But he was blocking like an mf in that game. Uh, I think if you were to point out a couple of things in that game, one would be, to me, McVay kind of didn't have that moment where he was like, fuck it, let's go for it in that game, right? And which I was... Like when anytime he trotted out that field goal kicker in uh in the in the fourth and goal opportunities that they had, I can't tell you how relieved I was because I was like, okay, they're gonna go for it this time. Okay, they didn't go for it, getting three. All right, it's early in the game, and then second time they're like, I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, he still wants to make it a one possession game, so I kind of get it. But the, the third time he was down there and he kicked the field goal uh to make it 24-21 with four minutes left or whatever it was, I was like, are you kidding me with that? Like you're 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 kicking the field goal here. Um. And even then, like, you mentioned the third and 15, uh, like how Stafford bailed them out a couple of times. Because I remember um, when, when Hutch got that uh, when Hutch got that holding call to pull them out of field goal range, I, re- I remember thinking, don't take the holding call, go to the – because it would have been fourth and five, and they would have had to kick the field goal, and the field goal would have put them up uh, 26-24, right? Yeah. I was like, yeah. let them kick the field goal because in my head, I was like, let him kick the field goal. Cause this is from, this is not from short distance. This is from long distance. This guy's been trash all year. There's a good chance he misses it. And even if he doesn't, you still have four minutes left to go down and get yourself a field goal. But if you give up the three, if you give up the, if you go for it on third and 16, Stafford's been, <laughs> been completing that all game. 
So when they accepted the penalty, I was I like, think I, Campbell's I thought process must have been they're going to yeah. go for it on fourth down if I if I don't take this. Yeah, on the fourth and that five. Must, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, man. And like, if I, if I don't right, take this, yeah. they're not going to kick it from here. They're going to go for it, so I'm going to take it to make this more difficult. That's That must have been the thought process. Yeah, and and then we were able to uh, not get a call on Puka Nakua <laughs> on that third down play, which was absolutely pass interference. But uh... I will say this, though, for, for the Rams fans complaining about the pass interference, there was a pretend false start on Detroit that should never have been called that wrecked a drive at the end of the first half. Like, oh, you could yeah. have been down... You could have been down half. 18 at halftime. Yeah, that's what uh, it was. Yeah. Well, not exactly. 18, but whatever it was. Either way, that could have happened and it didn't. Uh, yeah. McVeigh's lack of aggression when they got the ball back before the half was also shocking to me. Yeah, with the 50 seconds left like, at three times. Why aren't you trying right? to score some points? Yeah, because they were down. Because that was the thing. Because the situation was if you'd have told McVeigh, okay, Sean, you've got the ball on your own 12, three timeouts, 50 seconds left, down two. And you've got a healthy Matt Stafford. Can you get down the field and win the game? He would have been like, yeah, give me that opportunity to win. And that opportunity existed for him at the end of the first half. And he didn't take it for whatever reason, right? Like, I... Yeah. Well, yeah. McVeigh, like, here's the thing with McVeigh. Obviously, great play designer. But there have been yeah. criticisms of, of, of in-game decisions over the years. Yeah. Um, and and that there, there would be some very valid criticisms of in-game decisions that happened in the game against Detroit and, Mm -hmm. and say what you will about Campbell, obviously, and you know, the aggression and the, you know, the, the intensity and stuff like that. But like, if I were you, I would not be up nights worrying about Campbell's in-game decision-making on something like that. No, does not coach. He's going to go. No, he does. Like, like, like Dan Campbell is never going to make a mistake for lack of aggression. You know what I mean? Like if Dan Campbell makes a mistake, it's going to be, Oh, he's been too aggressive. I'd rather, two aggressive mistakes and lack of aggression mistakes. That's if I'm true. picking a mistake for a coach to make. Yeah, because that's what happened in the Thanksgiving Day game against the Packers is the Lions were like 0 for 5 on fourth downs or something like that. And a yeah. couple of them were like iffy uh, fourth downs. Yeah. But like, well, that, what I compared it to, I, I stand by the comparison, is it's like hitting on a 16 against a 10 at the, at the blackjack table. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, usually it's not going to work out or oftentimes it won't work out, but over the long haul, you're going to be better off if you do it. Yeah. That's, that's my, on the- yeah, yeah. I think, I, I think you're right. And just man, 30, 30 years, right? Like uh, Tariko, I thought when they were kneeling it out, cause like I even, I was saying to bill off pot a, a little bit was I, I wasn't even sure. Like, um, Great throw by Goff on the second and nine to get the first down after the two-minute warning, right? And Tariko was like, there's not, you know, he's like, it's not quite over. But when I was like, I think we could just kneel it out. I think we just won the game. And then yeah, he, like, yeah, he mathed it out wrong. I thought. The yeah, same, and I was like, I, 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 when, when, they got, when they got the first down, I'm like, oh, that's game. And Tariko's like, oh, it's not over yet. I'm like, how is it not over yet? Like, yeah, but, you know, but here's the thing. I was not of sound mind in that moment. My synapses <laughs> were firing too fast, so I could not do the quick math in my head to see if Tariko uh, had it wrong, had it right or wrong. So I was like, you know, going to the darkest place of like, oh my God, are we going to fumble it somehow and give up the safety? <laughs> you know, and like, and just these weird, just these weird scenarios. And even then, but once they started going into victory formation, I was like, okay, this is happening. And Tariko's like winding it down. And a great call by him talking about like the SOL and the, you know, the same old Lions. That was so masterfully delivered. Um, but even then, I was. He, the Lions little... should have run the same victory formation that the, the Saints did the other day. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On the like... last one. <laughs> you know what? 
Yeah. Well, after what happened with the Miami Hurricanes against Georgia Tech earlier this year, I was yeah. having none of that, right? But also, there's this, little, there's this little tic-tac in the back of my head that was like, we're not, we're not going to fumble the, the kneel down, right? Like, like we're not going to, we're, we're not going to botch the kneel down. And then the biggest blunder of all time is, is ours, right? Because um, didn't the Chargers do that against the Broncos once, Craig? Like, didn't, uh... no, you're thinking it was Giants Eagles. The Giants fumbled the the snap and, and Herm Edwards was the linebacker. Yeah, Herm Edwards. Eagles, I remember that. Didn't, or... didn't Phil Rivers do something weird though at the end of a game that, that cost, that, that cost the Chargers, a, a what, like a, one of those like 99% centers against, uh, against the Broncos. Maybe I'm misremembering that to quote Roger Clemens. Yeah. I, mean, I, I can't remember what you're talking about. That, the, yeah. the, the Chargers game where they were 99% against Denver was the one where they were down 24, nothing at the half and Denver came back and won. Yeah. That but that wasn't come back. Right. Yeah. That was, that was yeah. a really good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, just like the way it opened up with like the, the Eminem like introduction and the, the crowd just going wild and the Rams just saying stuff like this is the loudest building we've ever been in in our entire life and they didn't they didn't they did not slow down being loud in that building and I just hope they're able to keep it up uh against the Bucks uh this weekend hey you've been waiting 30 years for it you get and you get you get zero over the course of 30 years and you get two yeah. and eight eight days yeah. two and seven days rather you're gonna you're gonna take advantage I hope yeah, I agree. I completely agree. It'd be nice. I'm not trying to get too ahead of myself, but I'd like to beat the Bucks, and it would be nice to see an NFC Championship game. It sure would. Um, I, again, not looking past this Bucks team at all, though. But would you? Okay. Well, we'll we'll we'll, let, we'll talk about it when we get to the games. Let's do the games. Yeah. But I've got a I've got a what would you rather question. So yeah, yeah let's do fair it. enough. Uh, okay. So Saturday, four thirty. Uh, we got the Houston Texans uh, and some guy named Matt Pierce uh, back in February of 2023 placed a uh, bet on the Houston Texans at 200 to one to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so I will be hedge, hedge, hedging a lot of money on this mm-hmm. game, gentlemen. So, uh, I, I, but I will not be giving out my gambling advice based on that. Um, but they're heading into Baltimore to take on the number one seed. Uh, in the Ravens, and the Ravens are currently laying nine and a half. Uh, this line opened up at ten. Uh, the Sharps came in on the plus ten, uh, went down to the nine, and I think they bought back a little bit on the nine, and it is now settled at nine and a half, and has uh, stayed there, uh, and is unlikely to move for the rest of the way. So I would imagine it's just going to be nine and a half the rest of the way. Tail of the tape for these ones, gentlemen. Baltimore Ravens, number one, Uno. In DVOA, fourth-ranked offense, first-ranked defense, and third-ranked special teams, top five in all three categories. The Houston Texans, 12th. So this is an 11-spot uh, difference in DVOA, and remember that number 11. Uh, 14th in offense, 16th in defense, 7th in special teams, so very good special teams. Uh, spread-wise, Ravens, currently sitting as the third-best team against the spread uh, at 11-6. and six. And the Texans, a uh, solid 10 and 8. So these are two teams that have been very profitable against the spread this year, uh, especially that Texans team who were facing a lot of, uh, who were facing a, a, a lot of, uh, you know, some more underdoggy roles than the, the Ravens were this year. Um, Ravens minus nine and a half. Uh, over under for this one's 43 and a half. I. I like this. This is such a good game. Um. I'm going with the Texans. I think this line is too high, and I know it's Stroud and uh, a rookie head coach 
uh, rookie quarterback making their first. Uh, I mean, they, they got their first playoff win last week. So everything's kind of gravy for them. I just don't think the Texans are that team. I think they're going to come out and the back door is going to be open. Um, I, I don't see them being scared. And, you know, I can see the Ravens. They're going to have, you know, because uh, we can have the conversation as to who who's uh, got more pressure on them uh, to succeed in the playoffs, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson this year. But I the Ravens, I think, are going to win the game. But this line is too high uh, for uh, how well this Texans team is playing. Uh, Billy, what do you think? Baltimore currently laying nine and a half. Yep. I'm with you verbatim. I, I, I think the back door is open on this one. I, Stroud has been so fantastic and I think he will be again. I think he'll be able to keep some pace, but yeah, I see Baltimore being up by, you know, 15, 16, 17 Stroud scoring halfway through the fourth and Baltimore grinding the rest of that clock. Right. So I'm taking Houston here. All right. Uh, Craig, how about you? I have made one bet on this football game. Mm-hmm. Texans money line plus plus three fifty. Whoa, Ooh, getting frisky. I like that. I I just I just think it's there. I think plus three fifty for this team. It's 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 too much to not want to get a little piece of the action. And Vegas Vegas has a lot of handle involved in the three big underdogs right now because obviously the public has come in heavy on ravens niners and lions um so vegas is going to need one of those vegas is going to need one or two of those teams uh one, one or like one or two of texans packers bucks to cover the spread and if they wanted to go ahead and outright upset any of those teams that would obviously help vegas immensely so i got the feeling it's going to happen in one of those games and i'm Kind of worried. <laughs> I'm somewhat worried it, it might be uh, it might be by Detroit. I will Lions, say this. But, yeah. If I were a fan, if I if I were you know if if three fans were sitting next to me, if a Lions fan, a Niners fan, and a Ravens fan. Yeah. And they said to me, Craig, which one of us should be the most worried that we're the team that wrecks everyone's teaser this weekend? Yeah. I would say I would point to the Ravens fan and I say I think you're the you're the person to be the I, most worried. I, is what I, I will say. Okay. I think I agree with you, Craig. Like, so are you making the, you're you're on the money line, so you're making this our first clean sweep of the playoffs with Houston, I assume. Oh yeah, I'm uh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to take the nine and a half points because uh, yeah. my one bet's the money line on this game. Yeah, because we did we did not have a clean sweep. Again, uh, I, I'm last not going to sit here and say, oh, I know the Texans are winning. All I'm saying is plus three fifty is too yeah. much team that's playing as well as, as the Texans are with for, a quarterback like Stroud. Yeah, for a team that's twelfth in DVOA, this is not a a team that kind of. Backed in and like the, that division was a little crappy, bit right? funky because Stroud missed some time and they were yeah. terrible in those games. Mm-hmm. So like again, I know it's harder to price in. Like, well, what about just when they had Stroud? But like, if if Stroud was there the whole time, this is a top ten DVOA team. Yeah, and yeah, Stroud's probably. Playing, you know. Yeah, because the two teams that are ahead of them in DVOA are Cincinnati and Jacksonville, and I I I think I agree that they would they would bump up those two teams and maybe even Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh was inexplicably ninth in DVOA, but that's just because their defense was so damn good with with TJ Watt. Um, yeah, I, I so we're in agreement on this one. But before we get out of, can we or before we move on from this game, uh, do you want to have the Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen conversation as to who's got more pressure on them to succeed? Because those are the two to point to, but uh, it's it's Josh. I Allen think it's Lamar. Really? Wow. <laughs> I think it's Josh. Why, Allen. Well, okay. Why do you say it's Josh Allen? I'll tell you why I say it's Lamar. Well, 
the 13 seconds thing looms ever so large. And I know that uh, Josh Allen wasn't on defense. Like, wasn't Josh on the field. Allen never touched the field again after throwing, a, after throwing that touchdown in Gabe Davis. Yeah. Josh Allen never touched the field again in that football game. Unfortunately, history, <laughs> unfortunately, history does, is, is probably not going to remember that. It's just going to be like, there's just, the, you've got, okay, like, Burrow was out this year. You didn't have to worry about that. You've got a Chiefs team that has been dreadful offensively all year in the red zone. You're at home. You're in Orchard Park. If not now, then when for the Buffalo Bills, right? Like, because this, this, it's got to be done. You have to, you have to exercise this demon this week. You cannot have Taylor Swift in the uh, press box at Orchard Park. Uh, high-fiving with Brittany Mahomes after this. You got to send them home very unhappy. You got to, like, the Bills fans need sad Taylor Swift memes to live for forever, right? Bills Mafia needs that. So, uh, that's why I I have uh, Josh slightly above uh, Lamar. But, uh, Craig, rebuttal. (laughs) Uh, Josh has won a bunch of playoff games, even Mm -hmm. if not, you know, against Kansas City. It's true. Uh, Josh has won a bunch of playoff games. Lamar's one and three for his career in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. One and three. Yeah. So I think that the heat's more on Lamar than it is on Josh Allen. Just yeah. from the, the pure, here's the winning percentage for you in these situations. You mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I can't argue. I, like, I don't, I, th- I don't think there's a... Um... A wrong answer in this. I think there, there's cases to be made for both. I think it just depends on on what your 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 preference is. But yeah, like, and I, I obviously I'd have to go back, but I don't think Josh Allen was losing any games where he was a nine and a half point favorite. It's pretty much just been uh, the Chiefs and the Bengals, right? Um, what about you, Billy? What are your thoughts on this subject? Yeah, I, I think probably Lamar. I think there's still more faith in Josh Allen. I, I feel like a lot of people lost faith in Lamar. And this year has picked it up quite a bit. So I feel like he, he's got to finish this one out. Like, I, I think he, they're both phenomenal quarterbacks, obviously. Uh, but I think there was a lot of people ready to to give up on him at some point, just with the injuries and all that. Yeah. And just the fact that, like, nobody took a stab at Lamar in this offseason. It was just so dreadful. Uh, that so is that... an NFL issue, less so than it is a Lamar isn't good issue. True. I, it has, like, yeah. You know, yeah, it's got a lot to do with the way we structure contracts and the way. It, it, yeah, you're right. It's more and, the, and the just system. like I felt as though Lamar like campaigning for the guaranteed contract. The NFL owners got together and said, "We're not giving this guy what he wants because we want it. We have to make an example out of this. That no, we don't want other players pulling this in the future." Yeah, yeah, you are correct. All right, so we're going clean sweep on the Texans getting uh, nine and a half points now for the over under forty three and a half. Uh, I went all unders last week, and I believe I went three and three, I think. Uh, let me double check. One, two, three. Yeah, because I kind of voided these. So it was, it was like three and two, I think, with all unders. Um, because the because uh, uh, I, I basically, I'm, I'm not like I'm not counting because we recorded this on a Friday and, and I, the, before the Buffalo game got moved. So I, I'm not counting our, our under 33 and a half. Um, I think, uh, for the first time this year, I am going to take, uh, an over in the playoffs at, uh, the 43 and a half. I think, uh, I think this is going to be a high scoring game that ends up, 
uh, I don't know, like a 27-20 type of thing. Texans cover and, and the over hits. Uh, Billy, how about you? Over under uh, the 43.5 for this game. I am in agreement with you. I, I think for Houston to cover, you, you need a bit of scoring. Um, and I think both of these offenses are very capable, obviously. So I, I think for them to have a shot at this, it's it's the back door, it's the cover, it's, it's the late cover, and I think there's going to be some touchdowns. So 27-20 sounds about right to me somewhere around there. So I'm taking the over. All right. Uh, how about you, Craig, under over, under? Under for you, under. 43 and a half. All right. Yep. Taking a lot of ground. I, 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 think, I think this feels like this feels like this feels like 20 to 17. Okay. A lot of ground and pound. You're thinking. All right. I can. I can. I can agree with that. Um, Packers Niners. The Packers coming off a uh, one of the bigger upsets. Uh, they were a uh, big seven seven and a half point dog. Outright won the game. We're never uh, losing at at any point in that one. Um, I got. It's uh, th- this game uh, the exact same way as the Baltimore game. The, the line movement for this the exact same way. Uh, it opened up at uh, Niners minus ten. Uh, briefly went down to the uh, Packer to the Packers getting nine, and has now gone back up to nine and a half, and has settled and is likely to stay there uh, the entire time. I am looking at this one, and you would think that I would have the same analysis, but uh, before I get into that, let me give you the tail of the tape. Uh, the 49ers second in DVOA. Number one in offense, fourth in defense, 25th in special teams. So special teams is where they get a little silly. Uh, Green Bay, 13th in DVOA. So that is another 11-spot difference in uh, DVOA going into the playoffs. Or, or sorry, going into the divisional round. Sixth in offensive DVOA, seven, 27th in defense, 31st in special teams. Uh, so this is uh, not going to be a, a special teams clinic, according to the good people of DVOA. Um Spread-wise, Packers 8-10, and 10, San Francisco 49ers 9-7-1. and 1. So two very good teams against the spread. Um, you would think that I might have some of the same things to... Um, I'm basically going to say the exact opposite of, of what I think. Uh, despite the fact that the Packers were very good, I was on them last week. Uh, they were very good to me at the seven. Didn't think that they were going to win the game, but I was happy to have a couple of money line, a bit of a, a bit on the money line in that. Not a significant amount of units, but enough that I was like, hey, look at that. Um, but, and this, this Jordan Love thing is depressing. <laughs> depressing in the sense that it's just, they can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> you know, Jesse, Jesse from Breaking Bad style. But, um, <laughs> All I can hope right now, Bill, is that uh, after this season, everybody uh, takes a good, deep, hard look at what uh, Jordan Love is doing in the offseason and says, hey, here's how we're going to stop some of this uh, <laughs> and, and make some come back down to earth a little bit. Because, I mean, even some of those throws, it, like the, the touchdown to Luke Musgrave that everybody was like in awe of, it was still a bad throw by by uh, by Love. He was off his back foot. He threw a a popcorn ball that was two yards short of Musgrave. He had to come back and get it. And he was so fucking wide open. that He was able to go back two yards, catch it, fall over a little bit, get back up and still run the extra 15 yards for the touchdown. <laughs> so it had more to do with, with uh, like, I mean, he was throwing great balls, but it had more to do with just how the Packers or the, the Cowboys defense just really didn't show up for that game. Uh, 
I don't expect that to happen this week. I am laying the nine and a half uh, with the 49ers. I think this is going to be a there's there's a very good chance that what we thought was going to happen last week to the Packers uh, happens this week to the uh, to the Green Bay Packers just with the 49ers. Uh, in place of uh, in place of the uh, Cowboys, and there's also the public swing. There's, there's the public pendulum uh, to consider in this one. Whereas last week the public was all on uh, the Green Bay Packers or was all on the Dallas Cowboys, got killed, and now they're going to come back in on the Packers after what the Packers did last week and be like, oh, they're going to cover the nine and a half, and then they just get absolutely slaughtered. So because uh, the Packers are the uh, the most public dog this week uh, by a country country mile. Um, I'm laying the nine and a half. Uh, Billy, uh, what say you? Uh, 49ers laying nine and a half against the Packers. Yep, I'm, I'm laying the nine and a half as well. I was not a big believer in the Packers last week, and I think Dallas was at fault for a lot of that. But Dak Prescott, he threw for over 400 yards against this team. This defense is soft. Yeah. Uh, some I, of I, that was prevent. Was, yeah, I think that, it was like, garbage time. Kyle Shanahan is like, Kyle Shanahan has been thinking about how to get certain guys in the secondary into the torture chamber for, well, probably since, well, in Kyle Shanahan's word, uh, midpoint of the second quarter uh, yeah. on Sunday <laughs> is when he started doing Green Bay tape. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be a very, very, very rough night for members of the Packers secondary. And I know some people are saying, well, what if Purdy plays poorly? Purdy could play poorly and McCaffrey could still have, you know, 200 all-purpose yards and three scores. The yeah. Niners could win. Like, that's... You know, that's that's on the table here. Uh, I will say this. If Jordan Love truly is the heir apparent, if he truly is the next Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is a 12 and 10 career playoff record. Yeah, he is 12 and six against every team other than the San Francisco 49ers, yeah. who he was 0 and four against in the playoffs as the Packers quarterback. And some like really uh, bad some games, losses too. Some games in which he played, yeah, he plays very poorly in some of those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like so if 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 Jordan Love really is the next guy, losing to the 49ers wouldn't be out of character. I think the Niners win this game big. Yeah. All right. So are you are you laying the nine and a half? Yes, I am. All right. So we are in a second clean sweep. Interesting. After going uh, after no clean sweeps in week uh, one, there we have our, our second clean sweep. Of the, of the of the divisional round. Um. Yeah. I just. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I don't think. I just think those weird back-footed throws that uh, Jordan Love seems to be uh, in love with. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, it, they're just. I. They're. Yeah. That's fine against a, a Cowboy secondary that apparently has his head screwed on backwards and isn't tracking receivers. Gets the Niners. That's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. Um, I'm also uh, there's been a bit of line movement in this one. Um, as far as the over under, I do think I'm going to take, and this is probably going to be shocking to some. I think I'm going to take the over uh, 50 and a half in this game. Wow. Yeah, because I I think this might be the type of game where the Niners score every time they have the ball. And the Packers don't score for a little bit, but maybe in the in the uh, when they're facing some prevent defenses, Jordan Love is able to get uh, down the field a little bit and get a couple of late garbage time scores, and then we we push this game into the over because I I could see this being like a like a uh, like a thirty five seventeen type of thing, but it's just never like but it's never that it's one of those oh it's not it was never that close right sort yeah. sort of a thing. So I'm 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 gonna go 
a tentative over for this one. Billy, what do you think? Over or over under 50 and a half in this football game? Yeah, I think the under. I, I think okay. once Love's behind, I think he's going to struggle. I'm not sure they're going to get much. So I'm going to go with Niners win big and take the under. All right. How about you, Craig, over, under, and, and Niners Packers? I'm going to go with the over for the same reason as you. I think the Niners get up big, then the Packers score a couple of uh, a couple of late TDs, kind of like the Cowboys did uh, this past week. Not that that game was any question about the over, under. The Packers got there almost all by themselves. But just mm-hmm. kind of like once the, once things ease up a little bit, all of a sudden it's easier to move the ball. I think it'll the, 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 the Packers will get a couple of those. So give, give me the over. Yeah, it's the exact same line uh, as as the Cowboys. Like it was fifty and a half for Cowboys Packers last week too. So, uh, they which just the Packers that. nearly accomplished alone, but yes. Yeah. Um, all right, we head into Sunday, three o'clock this time. Uh, this is uh, I think I think this game's on the Peacock down south. Uh, on NBC but... too, I believe. Is it oh, okay? So it's not just it's not a Peacock exclusive. You don't have to download the cock in order no. to watch this one. Uh, so that's good at least, because that would have been depressing. So you mentioned it earlier, Clay. The Detroit Lions, after not having played two home playoff games in a single postseason since the 50s, uh, get two in the same season. Kind of a ball-don't-lie moment, too. Like one of, one of the ultimate ball-don't-lie moments. Uh, for the uh, the the Eric Decker uh, thing, uh, Taylor Decker, point, the Taylor Decker, sorry, uh, the the Taylor Decker um, two point conversion thing, where uh, the Lions, you could say, they didn't really complain when that happened, right? They were just like, it is what it is. We thought we followed the procedure, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna use this as fuel, and we're moving on forward. And you know, the Packers are a little bit smarmy about it, and well, here we are. The Detroit Lions are hosting their second playoff game, so. Uh, 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 one of the ultimate ball don't lie moments. Um, the team that's coming to face them, uh, we probably thought was going to be the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, although we were all in the Bucks last week. Baker Mayfield's coming into town. Here is the tale of the tape for the Bucks coming into town against the Lions. The Detroit Lions, 7th in DVOA, 5th in offense, 13th in defense, 19th in special teams. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were the lowest DVOA-ranked team to make the playoffs this year. The Lions faced the second lowest in the Rams. Uh, they're facing the lowest. Tampa Bay, 20th in offensive DVOA, 14th in defensive DVOA, and 18th in uh, special teams. So they only narrowly beat out the Lions in special teams. As far as the spread goes, these were the two most profitable teams against the spread the entire season. Both are currently 12-6 and six after the Lions did not cover last week but still won the game. And the Bucs handily covered and outright won. Uh, so nothing to discern from there. The line for this one opened up at Lions minus 4.5 and, and pretty much immediately went to 5, then 5.5, got to the 6, and now settled at the 7, has settled at the 6.5, and, and is likely to stay there because I don't think it's going to get to the 7. Um, I will say this uh, yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at a few of the books here, FanDuel, mm-hmm. Bet Rivers. There's juice on the Tampa Bay side of the 6.5. They want some Tampa Bay money to come in. I don't think the line's going to move either, but it's very clear where the money is going. It's going to the Detroit side still at six and a half. So I would, I would suggest, I would suggest that, um, keep the notifications on your phones 
if you have the apps and have them let you know if this line moves to seven, because if it moves to seven, it's not going to be there for longer than five minutes <laughs> because the sharp buyback on the seven will be, I'm surprised there aren't any, uh, any sevens out there with like, cause you know how some of those websites will, some of the newer books are, will try to drive yeah. traffic by there might be. I, I, I'm only looking at the big, I'm only looking at the big guys. So there yeah. might be in some of the smaller ones, yeah. but right but now those... I can only see the six. Yeah, but the smaller ones, they're just trying to drive traffic, so I wouldn't necessarily yeah. go and, and kind of trust those. But, yeah, the big, reputable ones all are staying at the six and a half. Um, <clears throat> now, these two teams faced each other earlier in the season down in Tampa Bay. I think it was like week seven or eight, somewhere around there. And the Lions won 20 to six. But that doesn't tell the full story of that particular football game because Baker missed a couple of throws in that game where Evans and Godwin were wide open down the field. So those were a couple of wide open touchdowns there that could have been but weren't. And that game could have been a little bit closer, but it wasn't. Um, The things that you would have said for the Rams and why I took the Rams last week was would have been you know similar stuff to say to the bucks two very good wide receivers a decent pass catching tight end uh i'm not as big on richard white as uh as as i as i was for Kyrie williams but you know white's been decent and he's an okay pass catching uh run uh pass catching back but I think the Lions it will be easier for them to put the clamps down because they've been a very good run-stopping defense. I think it'll be easier for them to put the clamps on on him then. But you've still got Mike Evans, who's putting together a hall, uh, uh, quite the Hall of Fame resume, and you still got Charles Godwin, who's very good. Chris Godwin. You got Chris Godwin, sorry, and I'm messing up first names all day. Uh, but kudos to you for uh, <laughs> for keeping. Uh, me I'm just here to watch out for everybody. No, yeah, keep kudos to you for keeping me honest. Um, and you got Baker, who's he's balling out a little bit. He's got some swagger. There was a little bit of trash talk back and forth with uh, CJ Gardner Johnson this week, and I was just like, kind of wish we weren't giving Baker Mayfield uh, bulletin board material. Now, Baker Mayfield, uh, two and one in the playoffs. Both of the quarterbacks in this uh, game participating in this game joined Elite Football Company. Uh, by becoming the fourth and fifth quarterbacks to win a playoff game with a second team. Uh, Baker Mayfield. There's a couple uh, there that were missing from that list that you saw because Kurt Warner really? should be on that list too. That's Kurt right. Yeah, because Kurt Warner, yeah, Kurt Warner won a couple. But we're talking about uh, basically everyone who's done it is a Hall of Famer and then these two guys, yes. right? Like yes. is, is basically is basically the sense. Yeah, because you're talking your Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner did it. Uh, Joe Montana did it. Brett Favre did it. Peyton Manning did it, right? You know, and uh, Tom so Brady. Tom Brady did it. Yeah. So we're we're talking the 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 cream of the crop as far as quarterbacks that have done that, and then kind of these two guys, which is also funny because two of Brock Purdy, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, and Jared Goff are going to be participating in the NFC Championship game. Um, Baker Mayfield has never played a road playoff game in his life now you're thinking to yourself but matt baker mayfield won a road playoff game in pittsburgh no 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 that was COVID. there was nobody in the stands when that occurred there was nobody in the stands when baker mayfield went into pittsburgh not only was baker mayfield uh not only was there nobody in the stands baker mayfield to his credit did not have his own coach 
on the sidelines for that football game because Kevin Stefanski was probably on the horn, even though he was technically not supposed to be. But I'm sure there was something, some texting, because he had COVID and was unable to coach that playoff game, Mm. uh, if you remember that correctly. So Baker Mayfield has never faced a playoff – has never faced a a road playoff crowd. And uh, I think the Lions fans are going to be ready for him this week. That said – I think the six and a half is too high for uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they can sling the ball a little bit and the back door is going to be open. I think, unlike last week where I was wishy-washy uh, and, and I don't want this to come off as cocky or anything like that because I certainly am not taking anything for granted or looking ahead, but uh, I feel better about this one, the, about the Lions winning this game. But the way their defense is and can be got, I think the six and a half is too high. So I'm, I expect the Lions to win, but I'm going to take uh, the Buccaneers getting uh, six and a half because I think this is too high. Billy, what do you think? Yep, I love it. It is too high. I, I think there's going to be a close game here. I think this one gets settled by three. Um, I don't know that it's going to have to be the line. Like, I think Tampa Bay could outright win this game. Um, but either yeah. way... I- it's going to be close, so I'm yeah. taking the points. I don't have it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm certainly not looking past this Bucks team. I, I'm. I, <laughs> I've come too far with this. I'm, like I'm too. I have too much uh, Lions DNA. It is too deeply ingrained in me to look past the uh, to look past this Bucks team. But I mean, all the things that I said about. Uh, the Rams last week that had me worried about them, which was, you know, excellent coaching, excellent scheme, Stafford zipping it to two guys. The Bucks have some of that, but not in the type of way that that it, it is frightening. And I think unlike last week, I think the Lions have uh, what could be a significant advantage in in coaching, um, both on the, the, the like offensive coordinator and head coach uh, side of the ball. Um Craig, what do you think? Uh, Buccaneers uh, getting uh, plus six and a half in Detroit. Uh, I'm taking the Lions to cover. Ooh. Here's why. I hope you're well, right. You're, there, there's several <laughs> reasons why. I think the Lions are better uh, mm-hmm. by, by a long shot. I think the Buccaneers, um, if they had played a team that obviously hadn't, like, you know, tapped out on the season, I think they probably would have had a lot harder time in round one. I think that we might be putting a little too much stock in how good the Buccaneers looked. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, team... let's, let's put it this way. Yeah. Put it this way. If the Rams and Eagles swapped cities for round one of the playoffs, the Rams would have won that game in Tampa Bay, I think. I really believe I, that. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks played well, but it, it, it was sort of there for the Eagles to get back in it. They just didn't give a fuck about yeah. playing in that game. Apparently. Right? Like, like that that was sorry that was the sorriest performance of the weekend it, it, what what Philadelphia did and then they were t- it sucks that that's going to be Jason Kelsey's last game cuz what a beauty that guy is um yes yeah i will say yeah. this uh this is from Mina Kimes podcast this week mm-hmm. the lions obviously run a ton of motion uh, ben johnson loves it uh, of course that's fine well, the apparently, I, I think I read the number. Sorry to interrupt you there, Craig. I'm pretty sure the, the Lions-Rams game was the uh, battle of – it was basically a motion matchup. They were the two teams that used yeah. motion more than anybody and by a significant amount, the two of them. And that's not shocking to me from the perspective of, like, Brad Holmes comes from the Rams organization, yes. right? So mm-hmm. it's obviously something that, that the people that design things there believe in. Anyway, uh, they use tons of motion, the Lions do. 
Uh, the Buccaneers were 32nd in EPA per play on defense against motion this year. 32nd Ooh. out of 32. All right. Makes me feel a lot better. And then you I got suspect guys like, that yeah. Johnson probably is aware of what I just said. I suspect yeah. that that's something he has access to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just think this is a bad matchup for that Buccaneer defense. They don't really have, you know, that, that corner is going to put a stop to things. Like, you know, they, they've got Vita Vey in the middle that, They've got those linebackers in the middle that are good at stopping the run, but the Lions can run rush to the edges with with Gibbs in the game, and even with Montgomery in the game a little bit, they do some of that. And mm-hmm. the Lions have that great offensive line, especially in the middle with Ragnow and those guys. I, I just think that this is a bad matchup for the Buccaneer defense. The Lions score a bunch of points. Detroit covers in this game. All right. Well, I hope you're right. I've never wanted to be more right on anything in my entire life, Craig, <laughs> than probably last week. Well, when except, I, think you took well, what I was going to say, seven days ago, you wanted me to be right, too. So there you go. True. And technically, you were wrong. So I got the best of both worlds because the Rams covered, but the Lions still <laughs> won the damn football game. So I had it all. And you know what? I deserved it all, too, <laughs> after 33 years for one time. Uh, and I, um, Yeah, but... It'll be interesting to see a few factors. Uh, like the Tampa Bay Bucks, they're, they, they're relishing this underdog role here. Um, did the Lions, anything to be said for the Lions? Like, oh, they, I, I got to say, I was expecting to hear some of that, some of this talk this week. And it, there, there wasn't, I was expecting it to be like the most uh, easy pundit take uh, this week uh, for anybody who was picking the Bucks, maybe to go, um, oh, you know, the Lions, they kind of shot their wad after after winning their first game at 30, so they're not going to take this one as seriously. Uh, the Bucs are going to come in, and they're going to, you know, they got the two wide receivers. They're going to they're gonna catch the Lions napping. Uh, and, and you know, didn't didn't hear it. There was a little bit of that, but not as I, – I was expecting it to be, like, the, the most overused take of the entire week, and, and uh, just didn't have it. Is there anything to be said? Because you mentioned Ben Johnson. He – apparently had like four interviews this week for head coaching gigs. Is there anything to be said for that potentially slowing down the lions off, off the field? I wouldn't worry about it. No, he's looking for a job right now. It's time to impress, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, he's getting a head coaching. Gig best, yeah. The best right? way to impress these potential employers is to score 35 points on Sunday. That's the best yeah. way to do it. And, and after, after, like, I, again, I don't, not trying to get greedy or take anything for granted because I'm a fucking Detroit Lions fan, so I'm not looking past the Bucks. But after profusely sweating it out uh, against the Rams, thinking about, man, this is like, you know, because, like I said, darkest timeline was in play with the, the Lions still losing and Stafford being the guy who did it. Um, I would, I would, uh, I, a, a Lions blowout victory, a nice breezy Lions blowout victory, might be uh, might be a little better. I do think they'll it'll be easier for them to get off the field on third and long this week against Baker Mayfield uh, than it was against Stafford. Um, all right, so Bill and I are taking the points of the Bucks. Craig's land with Detroit. Uh, over under for this one's forty nine and a half. Opened up at forty eight and a half. Some sharp money came in, and they immediately moved it up to to forty nine and a half. Forty nine, which is a key number. Um, so they moved it through a key number there. I'm, God, this is rather unlike me, but this is going to be my third over of the week, gentlemen. I'm going over 49 and a half because uh, I do think both of these teams are going to be able to score points in this football game. Uh, Billy, what do you think? Over under 49 and a half. I agree there's going to be some points scored, but that's just too high for me. I got to go with the under. All right. And Craig, how about you? Over under 49 and a half. 
I'll I'll say the under. I'm thinking Lions. You know, the Lions win, but uh, mm-hmm. but they're, it's, it's, they're not going to have that type of total. Okay. All right. Last game of the divisional round matchup, 6:30 on Sunday, CBS. Uh, they're going to have to hose down uh, Romo at certain points <laughs> during this game because these are his two guys. I don't know what they're going to do to top the uh, top the 13. Uh, top the 13 seconds game, but here we are. It's Orchard Park, Bills Mafia. I think if they win this game, I, I think it's written in the CBA that if they win this game, Bills Mafia is allowed to 3D Taylor Swift through a table, and <laughs> she has to, and she has to sell it afterwards as well. Uh, and the table has to be on fire. Yeah. Well, I won't go on fire because we don't want to. We don't want to risk damaging our uh, our our. our our white queen, if you will. Uh, but, uh, we, uh, man, this is, this should be some kind of a game. I, I keep going back and forth on this one. Um, let me just give you the tail of the tape before we get into the, into this, um, uh, before we get into the gambling. Now we've got the Buffalo bills, third in DVOA, third offense, 12th defense, 15th special teams, chiefs, fifth in DVOA. So all the other, all three of the other games were exactly 11, point, 11 spots in deviation but separating the two teams. This one is two. So, uh, again, according to the nice math people over at, uh, uh, over at uh, uh, FNT Fantasy, uh, this, is, <laughs> this is the sexiest matchup of the week. Um, and by the fact that it's the only game not nearly given a touchdown, that'll let you know as well. Uh, Chiefs, 8th, 7th, 6th, top 10 in all categories. Spread-wise, Chiefs, 10-7-1. They were top, I think they were six, so nearly top five. And the Bills, 8-10. Uh, and 10. So they're the only team participating this weekend. That was a disappointment against the spread, which if you remember how their season went, tracks a couple of weird law. Lost to Mac Jones somehow, this team did. Bills. Uh, this line opened up. Bills laying two and a half. Went to the Chiefs plus three for about ten minutes. Before Vegas realized that's a freaking mistake, and then went back down to the two and a half where it has stayed, and it will likely stay there, and they'll just adjust the juice because there's no way they're they're going to the Chiefs minus three because, and I agree because this is how razor thin it is for me. If it's two and a half, I want to lay it with the Bills. If it's three, I want to take the points with the Chiefs, and that is even with all of this Chiefs stuff that we've seen, Mahomes. Uh, undefeated against the spread as an underdog in the playoffs. We've we've gone we've gone over it on this podcast tons of times. When when Mahomes and the Chiefs are dogs, uh, on the rare times that happens, you want to get your money on them immediately. The um and you don't want to and you want to be fading them when they're spread, having those high high lines. I'm laying the points with the Bills. I don't feel overly confident about it. I just think this might be the spot where it, it, it's the Bills' time. Josh Allen's got to win this one, as I mentioned earlier. I think that he's the—I uh, I think he's got uh, the most legacy-wise to lose this weekend. They're in Orchard Park. They're going to be fired up. Um, I mean, you thought like, they're going to be able to bring what that Lions crowd uh, did last week. I thought plus fire for this one. <laughs> if you're Bills Mafia, they're going to have a mean drink going on for an extra three hours because this is the night game. Uh, it's tough though. It's tough. It's tough to lay the, lay the two and a half here right now. Cause, uh, man is, uh, 
man, is 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 this is this gonna be is this gonna be a game? Supposed to be cold. Should be. Uh, it's just you just don't want to be um, going against uh, the Chiefs as an underdog. If the Chiefs, to me, it's just if the Chiefs start finally start getting consistency in the red zone, it might be game over for the Bills. But we've just seen the Chiefs not get it done all year in the red zone. So I'm fully expecting the Chiefs to, you know, get the ball to start this game, drive right down the field, have Pacheco punch it in, um, as it, like with their scripted plays. And then after that, it, it, it's going to be a crapshoot for for the Chiefs. So look out for that. Like maybe, maybe pick, maybe there's a prop for Chiefs to score first touchdown in this game. Maybe maybe that's. Uh, I wonder what the odds are in that. That might be something to look at because if the Chiefs get the ball first, they're going to score a touchdown. Uh, believe you me. Billy, Bills, uh, short home favorite, laying the two and a half. Who you got? Yeah, it's the Bills for me. Um, I, I think when the Bills are playing as well as they have this season like they they had some bad games but their good games were some of the best um and, and kansas city was just decent all year uh they never looked gangbusters i'm thinking this is a playoff game it's a close one these are both fantastic teams bills put it all on the line they play that good football and they get the win <laughs> again not to get ahead of myself but i think the dream scenario for or not the dream scenario well it's sort of dream scenario but the funny uh, do you remember the first game of the season? What the what the outcome for that one was, Craig? Uh, the Lions beating the Chiefs? Yes. What if we bookended <laughs> this season the way we started? <laughs> the way we started it, huh? What if that happened? But again, not looking past the box. That was just a funny a funny thing I had in my head because uh, long long way to go. Um, Billy and I are both uh, laying with the with the Bills. Craig, what say you on Chiefs Bills? Uh, yeah, I'm going Buffalo. Oh, I, this is this is the time they get them. Uh, Allen's playing well. The Bills are playing well. They're at home this time. I'm uh, I'm going with Buffalo, much to my daughter's chagrin. Why? Why is she a Bills fan? Or oh, because it's because it's of T Swifty. Sorry, it took me a second, but I got there. She is a huge Swifty, and she loves yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, so I there mean, you go. If the Could Bills fans. Yeah, if the Bills fans win this game, like if the Bills fans win this game, uh, like sad Taylor Swift memes might be worth more than a Super Bowl. Like it's comparable, right? Like obviously Super Bowl is the ultimate prize. But if you can't win the Super Bowl, is vanquishing your enemy and getting those sad Taylor Swift memes, is that not like at least some sort of consolation prize that you can kind of hang your head on? Oh, I think they'd be happy to set the Chiefs home for sure. I will say this. Imagine the atmosphere. Let's say Houston pulls off the upset we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Imagine the atmosphere after that game of Buffalo like clinches hosting an AFC championship game. Yeah. And you, you got to look at this from like an NFL films perspective too. Cause we always, we always like to talk about who, who has the best when they do America's game right at the end of the year and, and put together the championship DVD or the championship video for this, uh, for this of the eight teams we have remaining, the only one who's just got an absolutely horrendous DVD or championship video is the Chiefs. Like, like, what do you say? It's like, well, 
Could you have that? Like, so, like, like, who would the, who would the three people be there? Like, would Taylor Swift be one of the three people that are talking to the NFL? <laughs> she, or would she? Because they always get a celebrity to narrate it. Do they get Taylor Swift? To oh, narrate might, the, uh, you're right. You probably yeah to to narrate it because it's like oh man. But I mean, it, it would also it would literally be the Simpsons meme of like, man, the team that already had everything, not only got Taylor Swift, but added just a little bit more after that right it's like come on that's, that's a lot. it's always one more yeah now i'm not yeah. trying to turn the chiefs uh, into uh, you know what the patriots were in terms of like them winning all the time because like them winning all the time was was dreadful and annoying but if the, especially the way the chiefs played where they were just terrible in the red zone and not great and fighting with each other and and guys dropping balls all year if oh it would be a little bit. I have, a, I, have a, I have a quick America's Game question for you, Pierce, before we wrap up. Oh, don't ask me. Don't ask me. It's too far ahead. I can't. Which celebrity? Which just just hypothetically, lines everyone's ever not maybe not this. Which celebrity would you want to narrate it? They've got some. Uh, they, they've got some choices. They've got I, some who, good ones. Like who, Jeff I, Daniels would be awesome. That, that's. I was gonna say voice wise. I think Jeff Daniels uh, would be is would be the pick for me. Um, yeah, they, yes. they probably asked Tim Allen though. No, I, I think I, Tim Allen's got to be so far down the list. I would think for Detroit celebrities, I think they go like I, I, Marshall Mathers. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's probably it. Yeah, Marsh, Marshall Mathers could be one. Uh, uh, Jeff Daniels would be perfect for voice though. Uh, Keegan Michael K uh, potentially uh, could could yeah. be a guy that's because he's been doing the NFL commercials all year. So him him yeah. bookending the, uh, the yeah. NFL commercials. Oh, a good one. Yeah, I uh, mean, they, honestly, when the Broncos went Super Bowl fifty, they absolutely nailed it with Trey Parker. That was Trey as Parker, good as right? Get. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, some great ones there. It's like, yeah, let's uh, get an actual Broncos fan to do this, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was so good. And, and all those America's games are so great. Like, I know, I think Brad Pitt narrated the uh, Saints one, um, which was good because, like, cause yes. not only was that happen, but Brad Pitt was also like big in like and, uh, helping with Paul Hurricane Rudd, Katrina and stuff, huge, right? Paul Rudd, who's a huge Chiefs fan, did both the Kansas City ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, good. I think yeah, Lord, I think Lawrence, Paul Rudd, the Kansas City guy. I think Lawrence Fishburne did the first Bucks one, like the like the Warren Sapp, uh, Derek Brooks Bucks team that won in in two thousand two. I think Lawrence Fishburne did the uh, did that one, and that 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 one I remember was really really good because that's a good one too. Because uh, the Bucks had the story of they couldn't beat Philadelphia, then they shut, then they went into Philadelphia and shut down the link yeah. in the last game, and uh, the Gruden stuff, right, <laughs> with him getting to face Oakland. Yeah. But yeah, I again don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But I would imagine it's it would I would imagine if you're NFL films and if we are to live in the timeline where the Lions go on this miracle run and and win it all, and we're I think we're all praying we live in that timeline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, if it is that, I, th- I think it would be between either uh, Marshall Mathers, Eminem, or Jeff Daniels. I think that's the two. But I, I think yep. Jeff Daniels has. I will say this: if the Bills story. win the Super Bowl, I'll tell you exactly who they're going to get. The guy who played Matt. Nordberg in Naked Gun. I know he's a big Bills fan. I forget his name. Yeah, I don't know. He was in that team. I think Cuba Gooding played him in a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 great. Yeah. I, I think I remember the show in the Lifetime movie. I think I think it was in the Lifetime yeah. movie. Cuba, Cuba played him. Uh, yeah. No one ever says anything bad about about OJ Simpson. You know, nobody ever says anything <laughs> bad. 
<laughs> I fucking love that that joke on Conan with the guy. I'm talking about the financier, Jeff, Jeff I'm talking about O.J. Simpson, the running back. No, 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 the running back. The guy with the knife well, collection. I think I would have heard about that if he was in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know how to figure this out. I'm going to call Ghislaine. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're gonna call Al Cowings. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna get down to the we're gonna get down to the bottom of this. <laughs> oh, god damn it! That was the funniest thing ever. Ah, okay. All right, we're moving on to. Uh, so we're all on Buffalo. Clean sweep with Buffalo. Yep. Clean sweep with Houston. Uh, over under forty five and a half. Um. I haven't picked an under. I'm going to do so bad on these over-unders. I could already feel it. I already hate my over-unders, so I have no confidence. Um, why is this so low? This is such a rat low, right? Which is why I think I'm picking – which is why I think I'm going under because it's 45 and a half. You're telling me, like – I don't know. I, I guess it's because the defenses for both these two teams are very good, and both of them are specifically underrated because of high-powered the offenses are for these teams that take – that you know suck up a lot of the oxygen when they're talking about it, but – I'm taking the under two. Yeah, I'm weirdly taking the under. In this uh, this, one. this under feels like half. this feels like twenty three seventeen type of thing to me. Yeah, just where it's a little bit grindier and things tighten up in the red zone. Uh, it, it's it's not going to be them slinging it around for like four touchdowns. I don't think. I think this is going to be a, a uh, I think this is going to be a bit more of a chiseled game than people are giving it credit for. Uh, how about you, Billy? Uh, Craig and I are both on the under forty five and a half. Nope, it's too juicy for me. That they did put that really low for some reason. I'm taking the over. Yeah, yeah. maybe they're revert. Maybe they're Jedi mind tricking me into <laughs> staying away from a fourth over. God, three overs to one under. I'd never do that. That's 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 not how you make money. I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna revise that on Twitter later probably. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, here we are. Uh, I went five and one in the divisional. The only one I missed was Miami, which I God, I don't. I just. Don't know why I did that. Should should be should have been a six and zero for me. Uh, Bill unfortunately went one and five. Craig nice four and two. The only one uh, you, you missed. Da- yeah, Dallas. That was the only big big switch between. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dallas and Detroit. Those were. The I went I went five and one straight up. Is what I'm telling people. Five yes. and one straight up. <laughs> you sure did. Yeah, you sure did. Five and one straight up. Um, yeah, so that is it uh, for this week. Crossover Podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and iTunes. Please rate and subscribe, five stars only. Uh, and we're also on uh, pretty much any podcatcher that's out there. And if we're not, email us at contact at the crossoverpodcast.com, and uh, we'll get uh, on whatever podcatcher that we happen to not be on. Uh, as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. So that'll be it for this week. Uh, the three of us will be back next week at some point uh, talking – uh, the uh, NFC and AFC championship games once we know who's playing who. And I think next week is going to be a two-pod week because I'm pretty sure the Royal Rumble uh, is next is next Saturday. So I'll probably have Mac and the and the rest of the guys on uh, to discuss the Royal Rumble because there, there's some there's some juicy outcomes that can happen. This is uh, this is one of the more intriguing uh, Royal Rumbles uh, that has happened. And I, and I always love the Royal Rumble because the Royal Rumble is the best thing because. You can get a room full of people who don't even necessarily like wrestling, and you can do that pool where you just pick a random number out of a hat, and that becomes your number. Uh, and you know whatever guy comes out, guy or girl comes out at you know fourteen or whatever is your guy, and you hope they win it. That's that's a fun pool that you can do at a, at a wrestling uh, party because you know you'd be like I've got fourteen, and like if John Cena comes out, you're like oh my god, I got John Cena in the Rumble. But if you know like 
I don't know, Gangrel the Vampire comes out as like the, <laughs> as like the, like, you know, the, like, hey, hey Gangrel, him, like, the <laughs> yeah. Brood had one of the great entrances of all time. Those, uh, like, top five theme songs of all time. Like, in, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so good. Really so good. But anyway, yeah, so next week's likely going to be a two, uh, two pod week. Greg, Bill, as always, pleasure doing th- this with you guys. Uh, take care. Good luck on your bets this weekend. And we'll talk to you next week on the Crossover Podcast. Take care, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.